Welcome back to The Contemplative Corazón with Julie Calderon, Mujer Evolving. You're listening to Season 1, Episode 5, Class Reunion. I'm excited to introduce this episode. It's a special one. It features the members of Queen of All Saints Presidium of St. Joachim. As I shared in previous episodes, these women were formative in my journey. Though our presidium closed over 15 years ago, because we literally went in different directions with some of us moving out of state or out of the Bay Area, the learning and the experience that I got during my time with the Legion of Mary really helped shape my contemplative practices today. So I know you're going to get a lot out of the wisdom that these women have to share. So this has been a long time in coming. We are estimating that it has been about 11 years since we were all together. So I am really happy to introduce uh, the members of Queen of All Saints Presidium out of St. Joachim Church. Uh, we have not been together as a presidium in over, uh, we're estimating 11 years. And um, we haven't seen each other, you know, since before the pandemic in person, but this is just a great opportunity to get back together. So I am going to go ahead and um, turn the floor over so that the ladies can introduce themselves. Maybe we can start um, with Christine. I knew you were going to do that. Uh, well, Christine, I am a mother to three children. Um, I started my faith life way back when um, it started out, I went there because I was just sad and needed a place and I needed a quiet place and got invited to join many different groups at church. Um, it, it, I was active for many, many years, maybe over a decade. Took a, took a back seat when I started my family uh, the last three years, I'm trying to get back into the rhythm of things, being active at church. Um, my prayer life, mainly this last couple of years, has been just sitting in the car just before I walk into a grocery store because it's the only place that I am by myself. Um, and this last few months, um, I do it in the car too while I'm waiting for my son to get out of basketball practice. And that's, you know, that's my prayer life right now. Thank you for sharing, Christine. I think that's so relatable, especially for those of us that are working moms, just trying to grab those few moments where we can sit and be quiet and just, um, yeah, enjoy that silence when we're alone. Yeah. Arlene, would you like to go next? Okay, uh, my name is Arlene, and um, I am also a mother, but my daughter is uh, 29 now, so <laughs> he's married and out of the house, and um, I'm working part-time right now um, in the healthcare, so that's been pretty interesting and challenging, especially the last uh, year. Um, with all the COVID stuff, but I started my faith journey probably a long time ago because my mom has always been um, influential with that ever since we were young. I actually was in the Legion of Mary when I was 
I think, I don't know, 11 or 12 at St. Anne's Church in Union City. I joined there, I think maybe for, maybe for a year, I'm, I'm thinking, and was active there. And then when I joined the group in St. Jochum with um, Julie and Christine and my sister, Nicole, um, I had, I was probably like around in my 30s that time. And we were very active and it was really good. Like um, it was, that was a good, a good time in my spiritual life. And right now um, I still, I still um, try to practice, um, you know, with like prayer every night and I'm trying to incorporate reading uh, some of the Bible. I have to work better on that because I'm not that great with that. Um, and um, I do go to adoration also. So I tried to make that practice. I haven't gone like regularly in a long time, but they have it available here now so that I've been going um, every, maybe like every month. So it's really made a difference and really been good. And I think that's it. Thank you, Arlene. I'll come back to adoration um, a little bit later. And then finally, uh, Nikki. So I'm, my name is Nikki or Nicole. Um, <clears throat> Arlene is my sister. And um, I also was part of the Legion of Mary also when I was younger. Um, but I only did that briefly. And um, right now I'm single and I'm uh, not currently working. Um, the, the past five years have been um, quite a transition um, that has affected my life in several different ways from my faith to my health to uh, my job and um, especially when the pandemic hit as well. So there's been a lot of adjustment, a lot of movement and, um, but regarding my faith, I've, I uh, was raised Roman Catholic and um, my mom also has been very influential in um, uh, Catholic practices and um, her diligence with taking us to church and making sure that we are praying and, um, and everything um, kind of has to go along with our faith. Um, and I've been practicing contemplative practices ever since I can remember when I was young. Um, we would do that as a family. Um, um, we would go to adoration and attend mass and go to confession. Um, we would also go to catechism. So we were exposed to um, those contemplative practices ever since we were young. And it's been a part of um, our lives ever since. And I can continue to practice that now, but during the pandemic, we weren't able to physically do that because uh, 
the churches weren't open. And so that also um, really made a difference. And now that we're able to do that again, I'm really happy that um, we're able to get back into that because it's really been beneficial in many different ways. Thank you so much, ladies, for introducing yourselves. I want to actually ask for our listeners who may not know what adoration before the Blessed Sacrament is, if anybody wants to offer an explanation, because I know in the last few episodes, I've explained a little bit about um, the Liturgy of the Hours, and I've talked briefly about the Rosary. You know, I've kind of distinguished between daily Mass and weekly Mass, but for our folks who maybe aren't, um, you know, aware of what adoration is, do, does anybody want to just kind of give a description of what it involves? I can do that, Julie. I can just give a little, um, little overview of it. So basically, um, adoration is when the Holy Eucharist is exposed um, and placed in a, a monstrance. And um, Usually the prayer time during that time is quiet and a priest will end the, usually it's usually for one hour and the priest will end the adoration by um, doing a benediction prayer and um, carrying, not carrying, but lifting the monstrance so that uh, kind of like as a blessing type um and then we sing a song and then usually like uh, that's the end of it sometimes during adoration there's um, also like group prayer but i guess it just depends on the um the place so some places have silent silent time prayer and other places have like group prayer and yeah the one that i go to has had quiet prayer and confession and then benediction at the end. Thank you, Arlene. I appreciate you introducing that for some of our listeners. And I have to say that I got that from all of you. I hadn't, I, I'm a lifelong Catholic as well, but I had not experienced adoration until I met all of you. So I'm really grateful, even though it's been a long time since I've been to adoration, um, I would never have known what it was until I met you all. And then, of course, you know, the opportunities to do that uh, when we went down to LA Congress, you know, they would have that available as well. So um, my next question for you all has to do a little bit more with the Legion. I know you guys have touched on it briefly, but um, how did your time with the Legion affect your prayer life? I know for me, it really changed things because I think it really exposed me to a lot of things that I had never experienced like adoration and there were just so many other aspects of of the time that we spent together that was yeah it was really focused on spirituality so I was wondering for you all um, what kind of impact being in the Legion had on your faith life for me it it taught me a lot of different things um not just when we were a group together but be prior to that because of all the um, of all the people that I met, um, I met so many that were that were um, really immersed in the tradition. Uh, it's not the 
it's only been the last few years that I realized my parents were not, you know, they were Catholic in name, but not in practice, I guess, because, you know, we were all cradle Catholics in the Philippines and you, you just learn to do things because that's what everybody is doing, but not because of why you're doing it. So when I joined the Legion of Mary, um, I not only relearned all the prayers, I also learned the whys. Um, the whys and the how and, and the what. It's, you know, there's a lot more to why we're praying this prayer or why we're doing this and what is the Legion of Mary about and why are people in the Legion of Mary? Because I know when I was growing up, I would go with my uncle to Legion of Mary uh, events and I just never knew why I went. I just always just go. And But being a part of it as an adult really taught me more about the faith practices and um, I just, I experienced a lot of, like, like you, Julie, I experienced a lot of different things and new things, even though they weren't so new because I grew up in it. But as an adult, knowing what I'm getting myself into, <laughs> they were new. So for me, um, although I was in, you know, the Legion of Mary um, for a short time when I was younger, I was doing it more to kind of please my mom and also to just, um, you know, be involved, but I didn't do it for the right reasons. And also since I was younger, I didn't really appreciate um, really being um, part of the Legion of Mary. But when I was part of it again, when, you know, I was um, older and I, I also learned a lot. Um, I was taken out of my comfort zone and did a lot of things that I wasn't used to. I also, you know, did things growing up um, as a Catholic, you know, because it was part of tradition and that's what you do. But I, when I, you know, realized, um, you know, why we say certain prayers and why we do these things, then I kind of had a sense of a newfound appreciation for my faith and what it means and the reason that I'm doing it. And I had meaning and purpose behind it more so than just going through the motions. And it definitely was one of the strongest uh, points in my uh, faith life of spiritually because um, it just helped me in so many aspects of my life, um, meeting these, uh, young ladies and also, um, meeting a lot of other adults who could guide us and who were a lot wiser and, um, we could learn more about the faith and what it means and, getting to know um, these young women and we had similarities but differences and it was nice to be able to have a community where you could share that and it's a safe space and also um, I felt 
like even though things were you know rough in your life that I just had this confidence and this faith and this hope that even though things were tough everything would work out and that's one of the times that my faith was like the most uh, strongest and um, my health and my mental wellness and I know that it's uh, it's because of that so I have to agree with um, my sister and also with Christine as far as like um, being like a cradle Catholic um, since my mom was very strong and influential regarding things and yeah us going to um, adoration and, and joining Legion of Mary younger but I yeah I just kind of did it just because because I had to because my you know my mom made me but when I joined later on as an adult um, it was different because you know, it was more like it was my choice to do that and um, it definitely uh, pushed me out of my comfort zone as well uh, doing like some of our spiritual works that we had to do like it was so uncomfortable with that but I mean just for us being there together doing that then it was okay you know and um yeah, during that point of my life, during that time, I that was probably like the a time where my faith was really strong and my spiritual life. Um, actually, yeah, the spiritual life part was very strong that time. And um, even though like I went through things, just didn't affect me as as much as like now so i would i definitely see um a difference with that and it did learn new things as well new certain prayers that we would do either at the the retreats or the meetings that we had that i i wasn't familiar with um and just meeting all the different um people in in the large group when we would do like um, functions. I mean, and met some amazing spiritual people as well. And um, it was very nice just to be part of that community and just to, you know, feel, feel strengthened and supported um, during, that, uh, during that spiritual life journey. Thank you all for sharing, ladies. I So much of what you all shared really resonated with me. You know, I think of what you shared, Nikki, about that, that mental health connection to the spiritual um, mm-hmm. health. I mean, I think that it definitely goes hand in hand. And I agree with you that, um, you know, I feel like at that point in our lives, our faith was so strong that other parts of our, of our faith uh, or, or of our lives were, were affected in a really positive way. And I think that's part of the reason I I started thinking about um, this podcast or thinking about this topic was because I was like, you know, that's what a lot of people are lacking. You know, we have really busy lives or our schedules are crazy. There's so much going on. And then the pandemic made it even more complicated. 
but I think so often that's the part that people neglect, right? Like people take care of their bodies, they take care of their minds, but the, the spirit is, is one that a lot of people kind of say, well, I'm not religious, so I'm not going to care about it. And um, I feel like they're kind of missing the boat and that it just enhances everything else. You know, it makes everything better. And, and yes, just like you shared, ladies, we were so lucky to, to have so many role models that we met through our time in the Legion, you know, people who were really... Um, spiritual but also just a lot of fun right because I think that's kind of the misconception is that if you're into your faith life you're very boring and serious and um, <laughs> you know you never laugh and I, I can hear you laughing because we had so much fun with these people who I mean if I, I I'm comfortable using the word holy like we were around these holy men and women and yet they had these really unique personalities and there was just a lot of laughter and a lot of fun as well and I think people assume when you go on a silent retreat that that you're just silent and it's it's really dr a dry time and I I don't remember it being that way I feel like it was almost the opposite like I would look forward to those silent retreats even though we had to be silent most of the time um, we we had a good time yeah I don't know if you all wanted to share any any favorite memories from that time yeah it was fun <laughs> it was a fun I enjoyed time. it a lot. <laughs> I think we enjoyed it so much that the sisters would get irritated. Remember the sisters? Like, okay, you know, Remember okay. that one year, one of the sisters said that they heard so much laughter in one of the rooms. <laughs> oh boy. That was funny. Yeah, I remember that. Yes, I remember. Have you all had a chance to go on silent retreat since, the, since those times? No. Unfortunately, no. no. It might be a while for me. Yeah, no, I hear you. I, I finally went on a retreat right before the pandemic, like um, in November of 2019, I was able to go on a retreat at a convent. Um, oh God, it's called Santa Sabina. And I want to say it's up by um, Dominican University in San Rafael. And, oh, and you wow. guys probably remember that I was always a big, uh, I really enjoyed Father Ronald Rollheiser's books. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And so he did it. He was oh, the wow. director and so I was able to go up there to the convent and um, meet him and I'm going to do a whole episode about it later but um, it was really wonderful and yeah the sisters were very strict you know they were very much like you know at meal times no talking so <laughs> which is fine because I went by myself and um, you know you couldn't like there was no cell service up there either so it wasn't even like you could sneak like they didn't allow you to bring in your phones your phones had to stay in your vehicle and then there was no cell service. So then you had to like walk from the parking lot out further to get a signal to call your family. You know, if you have a family at home waiting for you, which I had to do, because of course my daughter and, uh, yeah. you know, was always wondering like how I was doing and just to check in and see how she was doing. But I'm glad I did it. Cause then of course the pandemic happened and I don't think I'll be going on a retreat like that in a while, but um, yeah, yeah, that was my, you know, it was the Legion that introduced me to to silent retreats because I'd been on other retreats but not silent ones so that was definitely a fond memory I have from that time yeah that's true I've never been on a silent retreat until then <laughs> likewise and it was actually a lot more fun than I had ever thought a silent retreat could be <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> oh my goodness so it sounds like all of us are uh, in similar boats and that we're just kind of, you know, things have shifted, obviously, in our lives. The pandemic really changed things uh, for all of us. And I thought it was great, Christine, how you talk about just kind of stealing those moments of, of quiet because you're so busy with, 
you know, being a busy mom, um, just stealing, stealing that time for some quiet. Yeah. Um, so this year is my first year as a middle school mom. <laughs> so, you know, it's, and I'm in a master's program working mm -hmm. for the school district. So everything is just, you know, my, my calendar is so full. I don't know where to turn. <laughs> so, you know, I actually, I started a program because, uh, so I met the pastor priest um, at St. Joseph where the kids go to school. And, uh, and he was like, hey, uh, so can you do this class? Because I really want you to be more involved with church and stuff. And so I started to do the class. And, and then I got halfway through it. And I'm like, I just don't have time to really, you know, devote myself to the study. And I would just feel so bad not doing, not giving my 100% in the class and really learning from it to be a better uh, faith leader. So I, I dropped out of the class in but now the only time I really have for anything really for even homework is when you know I'm in I'm sitting in the car. Um, Travis just started basketball, so I'll drop him off and he's in there for like an hour, an hour and a half, and I'll sit in my car and just be quiet or you know do my homework a little bit and just really be alone with with my thoughts and my prayer and everything that you know I have to think about. So that's really, you know, uh, as much as I would like to uh, take my faith practice back to where it was a few years ago, it's maybe next year after the master's program is done and I have more, a little more time to, to devote to church. I'll get back right on it. Well, and I think we have to adapt to what's happening in our lives, right? I mean, I think yeah. that's something that it's hard to remember that our lives do change. And, and when we were in the Legion, we were all younger and, yeah. uh, you know, Arlene was the only one that had, you know, a, a growing child. And so then things definitely shift once, once you have young kids and yeah. work, of course, um, definitely comes into play. And um, I think it's, I think it's okay to have that flexibility of, okay, I used to be in the Legion of Mary, but now here's how I continue to practice. Or like Arlene said, you know, finding a place that still does adoration and, and maybe you can't get there every week, but you get there at least once a month. And so I think it's okay um, to, to have things change a little bit, right? Like, I don't know which yeah. one of you mentioned the community aspect of the Legion, which is what was so wonderful. It might've been you, Nikki, that mentioned community. You know, I miss mm -hmm. having a faith community because now I, I basically feel like it's, I'm solo, right? Like I'm praying the rosary yes. by myself in the car. I'm praying the liturgy of the hours by myself at home. I'm, you know, going on a walk by myself and, you know, being grateful for that moment by myself. But, you know, it's at least, at least I haven't stopped trying to find that time you know I think that's the positive right because all of us could have just been like oh well we're not in the legion anymore we're just going to give up on on prayer and and, and faith life and it, it seems like none of us have you know all of us continue to want that to be part of our lives it just doesn't look the way that it looked um, 11 years ago right yeah yeah that's true and it's hard because I think because we were our faith was so strong at that time and we were in the Legion of Mary, which as you all know, is, is a very kind of, um, it's very structured, right? Like it's very scheduled. Yes. Like you have to go mm -hmm. and do the spiritual, spiritual works and you have to evangelize and you have to kind of choose what, 
the hours of ministry, right? Like, weren't we required to do a certain amount of hours, Christine? Yes. You probably, yeah, see, so it's very structured yeah. where you have to go and do works out in the yes. community. Yes. Um, you have to pray. Um, gosh, I, it's so funny that I still remember all this, so the, 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 the Katina Lejonas, right? Like on a regular yes. basis. And, you mm -hmm. know, and then even their calendar was so structured where we had the Aches and we had, you know, all these different points in the year where we had to do, you know, different like social functions and social events, mm -hmm. and just the meetings had to be every week. So, you know, we don't have that structure anymore, which, you know, we're, I'm sure we all miss it, but, you know, we also have to kind of adjust, especially if right. people are in grad school. Oh my God, Christine, that's amazing. <laughs> I know. Congrats. Super <laughs> I've got six months to go. Yay. That's awesome. Great. Do you mind my asking what, what your, what your master's degree is going to be in? Oh, it's still our early childhood education. That's it's just, I, I want to be uh, certificated for California. Okay. Um, so I'll be able to teach up to third grade. That's I don't know if I will. <laughs> I really, I, I really enjoy the age group I'm in. I, I work for a state preschool. It's three to five years old and you know, and I love working with a special ed teacher that I'm with right now. So it's, we'll see. I just, I want to have it just in case. Yeah, that's great. It's, you know, it's definitely a lot on your plate because that in and of itself, that by itself is a lot. You know? Yes. Classes to take and papers to write and, you know, yeah, it's to do. My, my life is busy for sure. And, but, you know, it's, I figured it's it's about time. I, I put it off long enough. Well, congratulations. That's huge. That's like a lot. So I guess my last question before we kind of wrap up this conversation is what advice would you have for people who say they want to, like, let's say they hear us, they hear this episode and they reach out to you to say, hey, I, I'm interested. How do I, how do I start praying or how do I start um, looking into some of these practices? What advice would you have? Well, uh, for me, I think they really need to look for their center. It's, you know, when you, when you start a contemplative practice, you really are, um, you have to look into it as being on your own. You know, it's, especially now, it's really the only way to do it is to do it on your own. So look into prayers that, you know, simple prayers, start with simple prayers and just, you know, finding a rhythm. You really have to, it, it, I, I was, when I was looking over your questions and I was, you know, I was thinking about how to answer them. I was thinking about how prayer doesn't have to happen in a quiet place. Sometimes you, sometimes in the classroom, I'm praying. <laughs> I'm praying in the middle of the chaos of my classroom because I have to center myself. And, you know, contemplative practice is all about learning it's all about you know learning to include uh prayer in your life and that's something that i'm really i'm working on to to do it with my children i didn't grow up praying with my family and or anything like that but um pastor priest said you know it's well and good your children know how to pray you know how to pray you're you know you you all pray but maybe try to pray with them too and that's something that you know i'm i'm struggling with 
because it's not a practice that I'm used to. So trying to find that center, um, trying to find your comfort zone, you really, that's where you will have to start is finding your comfort zone. And after that, you need to learn to get out of that comfort zone and really get into it. And, you know, I'm working on it. <laughs> I'm working on it. Thank you, Christine. Arlene or Nicole, do you have any advice for folks? When I was thinking about it, um, I would say start off simple. Um, <clears throat> start off with something that's doable. Um, for everybody is different and, you know, you know, not everybody like the same prayer, the same technique or the same approach is gonna work for everyone. So um, I would see, try out different things and see what works for you. Um, say for example, you can reflect on a simple scripture, say for example, a Psalm, because it's very practical, something that's very simple and practical and you can like focus on it and it won't be so overwhelming. Um, or you could say a prayer, a simple prayer, or, or also, you know, say you're more spiritual and not religious than something as simple as being out in nature, just being outdoors, like feeling the sun on you, um, looking at the sky, listening to the birds, like using your senses that can help you focus or meditate on something because it keeps your focus on something and it kind of helps your thoughts not run wild. And you also have to redirect yourself or refocus because you know there's a lot of distractions. So you just gotta center yourself once again. Um, kind of how like Christine said, yeah, I would say try out different things because you know, it's not a one, uh, one size shoe fits all. And, you know, you may enjoy something more than others or um, something may work better for you. And you won't really know until you try it out. But also when you're trying something new, um, being consistent is very important because they say it takes about 21 consecutive days for something to become a pattern or a habit. So the consistency um, really helps to make it something that will become a daily practice. And later it will kind of, you'll be in your natural rhythm and it won't be so forced. Um, also having, I mean, sometimes, you know, when it gets busy, you know, it's whatever second you can step away and have that time to be able to do that. Um, it's always nice to do it spontaneous, but if you need some help getting started in the beginning, um, it may be more helpful to have a designated time or a designated space, whether it's, you know, in your car or at home where um, for me, since I'm more of a night person and I'm able to like, I'm less busy in the evening. My prayer time is designated to um, late night when everybody's asleep, asleep. And for me, I can focus more and 
that for me that works, but you know, for other people, it may not. So that's just an example. I have to agree with Christine and Nicole. Um, those are like they they already said it all right there, but I do believe that um, consistency is important because um, it just just to build your habit and routine. Um, I think it's important because I, I often struggle with consistency. So, and also uh, just finding which, which uh, contemplative practice you like best. So yeah, try different, try the different things and see what you like best. And then you can, um, you know, designate a time if that, you know, if, if that will work for you, um, you know, each day to do that. And I think that's gonna be really helpful for um, people just to pick, pick what they like and then be consistent with it so that you can develop that. Well, thank you so much, ladies. I feel like that was so much wisdom just shared that I couldn't have written by myself. And I am so grateful for all of you. I, I was grateful you know, 11 years ago. And I, I'm grateful today because um, we're all, we all come from, from different, um, you know, walks and different experiences and, and different levels of, of expertise in, in faith and spirituality. So thank you so much, because I feel like you just really shared your wisdom and I'm in awe. So thank you. Thank all of you for, for being willing to come in and share about something that a lot of people consider, you know, spirituality super private. And so for me to be doing this publicly is, is really different. And I think it is out of my comfort zone, but I, I feel really, um, I am even more inspired to continue to do this because of, of what some of what you've shared today. So, so thank you. Thank you, thank you for, for asking us. To do this, ladies. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for inviting us to share with you and everybody else. <laughs> Gracias for tuning in to The Contemplative Corazón with Julie Calderón of Mujer Evolving. You will find show notes at MujerEvolving.com at the Contemplative Corazón tab, where you will find links and other content. Please look for me on Instagram at Mujer Evolving. Please like and subscribe to this podcast via Spotify and Google Podcasts. Gracias por su apoyo. Thank you for the support.